If you're lucky, you listen to them talk. They're on their way up and they can't stop. For all things great iron and hard top, it's Kevlu and Steve since the sandbox. Guys, week six is in the books, and since the sandbox is back to talk about it with our impressions, we got a lot to talk about. Lou and Kev are here, and we're going to jump in. Guys, the Steelers brought the Browns back to reality. I think that was expected by everybody. But two things with this. One, I think Charles Claypool is legit. But do you guys think he's better than Juju? That's one. And two, how soon, as in like years, months, days, whatever, will Cleveland try to replace Baker Mayfield? Honestly, I think he's better than Juju in the sense that he runs the football. And I think that he's kind of connected with Ben a little more. So, yeah, I think their relationship's a little better. And he will be seeing the majority of the targets from now on. And I, I think they won't replace Baker until the offseason. I think Stefanski likes him to a point, And they do a good job of protecting him as long as it's versus a bad team. But I think they have to realize that they've put a combined like 15 points up against teams in the division, not called the Bengals. So, yeah, I think this is his last season in Cleveland because he, he's just not the number one pick. We knew it in the beginning, but now it's just, it's just clearly showing. This was a good game. Honestly, expected it to be a little bit closer. Definitely wasn't expecting it to be that much of a blowout, especially given the weapons that Cleveland has on offense. But as far as Baker, I think, you know, you guys are right. His time there is very limited. You know, there comes a point in time where it's it's not just, you know, learning curves anymore. It comes a time where, all right, maybe we actually have to replace this guy, even though we didn't necessarily want to. So I don't know what options they would explore if that were the case, but I, unless they turn this season around and, and finish strong and he gives them something to look, you know, hopeful for for the future, then I don't know. I don't see him lasting there much longer, especially if he wants to keep doing these bogus Hulu commercials. <laughs> Those are hilarious, and it kind of looks bad on Saquon now that he's in one of them with him. It's like the this is Baker Mayfield's face and not Baker Mayfield's body. <laughs> but to transition to the next game, guys, Green Bay fell, and they fell hard to Brady and the Bucks. But Brady didn't really overperform in the game. i got to be honest, his stats weren't anything crazy. Rodgers didn't impress either, and I definitely thought that that offense was going to pick up in the second half of that ball game, which it didn't. Clearly, David Bakhtiari got hurt. And that continued the consistent success that was there for Ndamukong Sue. And him and Rodgers were going back and forth at that all night. And they got quite the history, those two guys. That was definitely a sight to see. I kind of got the feel that this isn't the last time that we're going to see these two teams play. So I think that this would be an interesting playoff game if it could ever happen on Wildcard Weekend. I was impressed with the Bucks defense. And I think the Packers just had a bad day. I mean, there's two places Aaron Rodgers doesn't play well historically in California, and in Florida at Tampa Bay. Uh, He's awful versus the Rams and the Niners, and he has a horrible track record versus Tampa Bay. I mean, I think it was just a bad game. I still think they're a a top team in the NFC. I mean, what are the odds he throws two picks in the same game for the first time all year? One of them was a drop pass, and in that whole game, Devontae Adams was awful. He dropped a ton of passes, and I think that's just him adjusting to playing again. But yeah, no, I think it'll definitely be more competitive the next time around because if the Bucks offense can't get going and the Packers just kind of gave up in, after the third quarter, it was, it was just they knew they couldn't win it and it was just not competitive from that point. But yeah, man, I, I just think Devontae coming back kind of messed things up. Two huge drops and 
his signature sideline curl that he always makes, he, he wasn't even close to inbound. So I think they'll definitely pick it up, and I expect them to rebound heavy next week. Not to sound like a broken record, but this is another game. I mean, I think we all expect it to be a lot closer and even, you know, a different outcome. But like Lou said, I think this was just a bad week for Rodgers and the Packers. I definitely think they'll bounce back. But Tampa Bay did look good. I mean, we knew Tampa Bay was going to come out guns blazing after, you know, that tough loss against the Bears last week. So we knew they weren't going to, you know, go away. We know how good Green Bay is, but we knew Tampa Bay was going to rise up. That defense has looked good. And, you know, not to mention, like, they've been saying all over the headlines, first time in I don't know how long the Bucks haven't gotten a penalty. So Bruce Arians, you know, definitely probably emphasized that in practice the last couple of weeks. I'm sure our boy TB12 definitely had some things to say about that too. So just a good game by the Bucks, honestly. When you play that well, no penalties, and, you know, you have a guy like Tom Brady on offense, you know, you're tough beat, especially with, you know, the way their defense has been playing. Yeah, and talk about a team – guys that impressed on the road and I think has kind of been slept on the whole season. The Chicago Bears are 3-0 and on the road this year. And that was a tough game against the Carolina Panthers. And the Bears won again. The turnovers were definitely the difference in the game. I expected it to be, you know, a, a little more competitive throughout the game. I know it got closer at the end. But what were you guys surprised about in this game? I, I know, Lou, you, you're a big Panthers guy. Kev, I know you're a big Bears guy, so I'd love to hear both of you. Not too much surprise. I mean, the, the Bears are a better overall team. It's just their offense just has to get going. I, I, this is like the third time Nick Foles had a pick and a touchdown so far this season. So I think the offense has to pick it up when they do play better and more consistent teams. But they look good as a whole, and, and Green Bay really does have a fight for the one seed. But I do think that they'll – lose to the Packers twice in this year. But I do like them, and I actually really, really can't wait to see the division matchup the Panthers are in next week because that should be a brawl. Yeah, Lou hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's it's really on their offense now. Their defense has proved that they can win them ball games, but it's tough when you can't get your offense going. And they do have the pieces to get it going. Allen Robinson, you guys know, I think very highly of him. I've been preaching about getting Nick Foles in the game over Trubisky, so I finally got that. They have Jimmy Graham. I know he's old, but he's still a good tight end. And they got, you know, a good platoon of running backs. I know Cohen's hurt, but they got a good backfield. So they're going to be a scary team because their defense is lethal. And I think they get hot. They could make a serious playoff run. And I don't want to say I told you so, but just remember I, I did have them win the division. And, Lou, I think you're wrong. I think they'll split with the Packers, if not sweep. Kev, you definitely told, told us so with that, Kev. Kev. Kev, 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 Kev. Something that me and Lou have been preaching. And I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it, regardless of the practice time. I don't want to hear it. You guys were going against that game versus Denver, expecting to win. And you guys got upset. That was a tough game. And I don't know. What, what do you feel as a Pats fan going forward? All right, so Lou can attest to this because I said this to him earlier. I said, I am not one of those Pats fans that's going to sit here and blame it on COVID and the not practice. We look like doo-doo. Cam was thrown into double coverage all day. Looked like he never threw a football before. Again, you guys know I love Cam Newton. Not going to bash him, but I'm just going to say it how it is. Cam looked horrible. I don't care that he may or may not have had COVID and couldn't go to the facilities for 10 days. You're a quarterback, and you've been a quarterback your whole life. You don't forget how to throw the football. The defense looked bad. 
you know, one of the best running defenses in the league. And Philip Philip Lindsay ran all over us, and definitely wasn't expecting that, especially with Melvin out playing. I didn't think their run game was going to get going like it was, but. I mean, I, I'm not going to say I'm going to hit the panic button yet because I do think practice might have played a little factor, but I think it was just – I think they're just using it as an excuse for playing bad and losing to a team that we have to beat. Luckily, the Bills lost tonight, so that helps us a little bit for the division. But we have a tough schedule coming up, and the Pats really, really, really need to start looking into options at wide receiver. I mean, Nikhil Harry had one target. Edelman had more passing yards than receiving yards, which I don't think I've ever seen ever in my life from a wide receiver. Uh, and then obviously Burr does what he does, but he's not you know, going to be the guy to carry us and, and win us games down the road. So they need to start exploring the option on, on the wide receiver and even you know, tight ends as well, as much as I love my Ryan Enzo. I'll say this. I thought the Pats were going to win, but they had three practices in 16 days. So, I mean, they obviously weren't going to be as in sync as they could be where things are happening that we already know. They have arguably the worst wide receiver court in the NFL, the worst tight end platoon, and Cam Newton is not good at throwing the football past 10 yards. He has never been. He never will be. It's just a fact. He's thrown, I'm pretty sure, almost as many picks as touchdowns. He doesn't throw for a lot of yards. He, he cannot throw downfield. This is literally the second time he's thrown for over 60% in his career. The second time. And it's all dink and dunk plays. So, like, I don't know why we expected Superman to come back like like he was ever Superman after one season. I've been saying this for years. He can get the job done, but he's not going to go above and beyond and elevate these guys. I mean, can't ask him to run the ball a ton of times. They they had two big plays the whole game. His run and the flea flicker on a banged-up Denver defense with Drew Locke coming off an injury. And and if the Broncos could have finished – in the, uh, the red zone, and if they didn't have those turnovers, that game could have been somewhat a blowout. But, yeah, man, I, the Pats' offense is mediocre, and, and Cam's just not, like, the great thrower of the football. Like, it, he's just not. He definitely has his struggles there. But a team that surprisingly doesn't have as many struggles in the AFC East as one would imagine is the Dolphins. And they're 3-3. Three and three. They had a nice win over the Jets, and – Guys, I don't think anything else needs to be said for the Jets other than that they need a miracle. They really need a miracle from top to bottom. The roster, front office, owners, everything. Ship it out. I've liked the Dolphins The Dolphins defense coming into the year. I mean, they signed a lot of guys in the offseason, and they already had a solid defense. Brian Flores is a really good coach. They have some weapons. I mean, I think their weapons are a little underrated. They have speed. So, yeah, it was a good win for them. And I think the games versus the Pats and the Bills will be competitive this year. I just don't think Fitz will be the guy to carry him first great teams. You know what I mean? He's hot and cold. So, they got Tua in a little bit, which was cool to see, even though he he had two throws for a combined nine yards. They look good. The defense is good. They're in sync. Yeah, it's the Jets. They're, they're They're the worst football team I've ever seen, easily, by a country mile. Yeah, it's a tough break for New Yorkers, man. I mean, first the Knicks are like the worst organization ever, and now the Jets. So really feel bad for you New Yorkers, but uh, we're, we're chilling over here in Boston. But they are just horrible. There's really not much more to say. I mean, yeah, I know they're bad, but and I know the Dolphins are having a decent season, but like you're still going to put up a game against the Miami Dolphins. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? It's just like it's pathetic, honestly, is what it is. Guys, to transition to to another couple of games that were really good, really tough. We had three division games this weekend. 
the Redskins lost to the New York Giants. We finally got our first win. So, Kev, I had no problem with taking the New York backlash before. But now we're a game out of first, and the Cowboys are getting smoked right now. We play Philly Thursday night. So things are looking good if we can finish. But Philly's been putting up a lot of points lately. But, yeah, guys, I definitely think that the Giants play good. And I think everyone should know why we call Riverboat Ron Riverboat Ron. Because look at the classic move he did at the end of the game. Went for the win and didn't work out. Yeah, man, uh, he believes they can win this year. And, I mean, they have a good defense. The Giants' defense played very well. The, the Redskins, some of the players had good games, like Terry McLaurin, 7 for 75. But, yeah, no, the defense are really good. Uh, Washington blew it, man. It's just, uh, like you said, Riverboat Ron will do his thing. I don't know why he did that when the division is so close. Like, even if you ended up going to a tie, at least you're tied with the Eagles now instead of at the bottom of the pack with the Cowboys after this embarrassing loss they'll have tonight. Daniel Jones looked very good. When they give him time, he put the wheels on like we knew we can. Darius Slayton, obviously, is their number one, and he looked good as well. Yeah, it was, it's a big momentum swing. Uh, that division is still up for grabs, so can't count anybody out. Yeah, Steve, congratulations to uh, to you and the Giants, man. I mean, good win. I'm not going to say great win, but good win. You know, Washington is not a horrible football team. Like, they're really not, like you said, Riverboat Ron, but it's a good coach, you know, makes some questionable calls. But like Lou said, they have a couple of good pieces on offense. They got Terry McLaurin. So, I mean, they're not a horrible team. And, you know, that is a division win, like you said. Now they're only a game behind, and Dallas is getting smacked. Andy Dalton looks like he played for uh, Madison Park football team, but uh, that's beside the point. But, yeah, I mean, who would have thought the Giants would be in the running for winning the division this year? I mean, it's crazy, especially after Saquon went up. Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll definitely take it. But, guys, another another division game. I was surprised in this one. The Rams disappeared against the 49ers, and Jimmy G really hasn't looked great this season, but he showed up. Um, and it must just be a primetime thing because when Jimmy G plays in primetime, I'm pretty sure his record's nine in, either 9-0 and or 9-1. and So it's sad to hear that the Mostert injury, I'm a Raheem Mostert fantasy owner. I'm going to try and stash him on the bench if I can. But the 49ers definitely impressed me because that's not, that's not a bad Rams team. It definitely isn't. And honestly, Goff's 0-3 versus San Fran. I mean, the battle of the, the mega minds, if you will, with McVay and, and Shanahan's gone Shanahan's way every time. And I just think that they know how to play them to a point. I mean, I feel like the Rams made a lot of little errors, you know what I mean? The, and not to put it on Goff, Cup should have probably tracked the ball better, but that big play that Goff threw on the wrong shoulder really could have changed things for them. Cup missed a big one in the end zone. So that game could have been very, very different. I still don't trust San Fran's offense a ton. Kittle looked good. Jimmy G looks good when he's not pressured. I mean, he still does not like to get hit. That's very obvious. But yeah, no, these are both two tough teams, and it, the division's very close. I mean, I think it's clear Seattle's the best team because of the best player on the planet. Uh, Arizona has weapons as well, but it'll be cool to see how they all finish because that's the best division in football and it's going to go down tight. And it's extremely impressive uh, how the 49ers bounce back, even without their two best pass rushes. Yeah, screw the Rams, man. Point blank period. I've been saying it. I'm criticizing the Rams since day one. I think they have a very talented team, but I think they just, they're the Philadelphia 76ers. They're high powered, but they just can't stay consistent and they just can't, they can't get over that hump. And it is what it is. I mean, Vay's a good coach, but they just can't figure it out. I mean, I know it's San Fran, but I know it's the division game, but these are games like 
if you want to be a serious contender, which I think the Rams have as a mindset of an organization, then you're going to win these games. I mean, especially with San Fran all banged up and stuff, like you got to come in and win these games. I don't care. Yeah, and just to let all you guys know, Kevin Lou's bet for a Santa's pizza with the Chargers and the Rams is still on, and we'll keep track of that for the end of the season. But guys, one more division game, really tough here. And this game got, got a little more intense than, than I think we all would have imagined. And that was Houston. And Houston gave the Titans a game. But let's all just take a minute and let's recognize, let's crown the king in, in football. Derrick Henry right now, I, I'm giving him the crown for the best running back in the NFL. I mean, this guy just continuously does it every single year. 200-yard performances. I mean, it's crazy because feel like early 2000s, 2010s, like we would see rushing games like that, but we hardly ever see that now. So I got to appreciate it when I do. The Titans impressed me, so did the Texans. I am a little less skeptical on Tannehill now, seeing him pull off those game-winning drives. I do think they still make it very easy for him in a way. The Texans' defense is not good in any way, shape, or form. And I was a little disappointed in the Titans' defense for letting up that many yards and that game being as high-scoring as it was. It just is what it is. But, you know, they looked good. Really, really liked that Derrick Henry was, like, in the Wildcat. They change up formations. A.J. Brown was back, which was good. But, yeah, no, I was really hoping the Texans would pull up the upset and help the Colts out a little bit. But besides letting us beat them, they really haven't uh, done a ton of helping for us. So I feel bad for Deshaun Watson. That guy's just, like, carrying everybody on his back. And sad to see. The Titans are – playing good I think they're you know starting to turn a little heads show us you know maybe they weren't all a fluke last year but I mean they look good their defense is tough Steve like you said Derrick Henry arguably the best running back in football right now Tannehill you guys know I've always been a a big Tannehill guy but Lou is right I mean I don't think Tannehill's not anyone that's gonna go out and do crazy things but he's a decent quarterback and if you keep it simple and you know you have a guy like Henry and you have big targets like Corey Davis I know he's injured but AJ Brown guys like that Jonu Smith he's also injured but just big targets like that that he can throw to and a guy like Henry to hand it off and in a defense like that I mean it's really hard not to put up the numbers that Tannehill's putting up but I do still not believe in the Titans 100% I, I still think they're you know, a year or two away from getting over that hump and getting to the Super Bowl. But I do think right now they're one of the best teams, if not the best team in the AFC. And uh, it is what it is. I mean, we'll see what happens with the Titans. Yeah, and I just want to say, I heard them mention Tannehill in the MVP talks. I'm going to shut that down right now. That's, yeah, that's, that's just not yeah, – that's, uh, that's literally not even realistic. Like with Derrick Henry on that team, that's the MVP of that team. If anybody's going to make a case. As the great Randy Jackson would say – that's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> Guys, and tis the season for Halloween. Let's put that one in the grave, and let's also put Cam Newton for MVP in the grave too, Kevin. Not yet. Not yet. They'll come <laughs> back and win the division. Come on. Make a deep playoff. Philip Rivers, Rivers has more touchdowns and yards than him, and he threw his first 300-yard game yesterday. Hey, so, a, so a, let's think about a, that. Here's the first hot take of week seven. The next three-game stretch, Cam throws for over 1,000 yards. I will, I will put another <laughs> Santops pizza on that because I don't know if you know the schedule. Who do they play? San Fran, the Ravens, and one other good team. Hey, it's all good. I don't see it either. Don't it is what it is. <laughs> he could have that combined if you want to count his legs. I mean, when he rushes out of the pocket, but that's about it. 
and I gotta say, just because Cam Newton can win the AFC does not mean he deserves an MVP by any means. MVP. <laughs> but guys, just a couple, a couple of the games. Um, Atlanta gets their first win, and the Eagles play better than expected. Um, but Baltimore definitely finishes on top there. Rushed the ball a ton in that game. Um, w- which I think we would all expect. But guys, w- what about those two games? Julio fantasy owners. It's been a long time coming. It's been a a painful season, but finally, uh, finally they had that game we've been waiting for. But, I mean, the Falcons, like, we knew they could score points. Like, we know they can beat teams scoring points. They just, what's good is scoring 40 if you're giving up 48. Like, you know what I mean? So, if they can just somewhat slow down teams, then they could win games. Because, especially with Julio healthy now, like, they have a very good offense. They're going to put up points. They just need their defense to even just slow teams down. They aren't even going to stop them completely. But, yeah, credit to the Falcons, Julio owners. Let's get it. We don't even know, like, what's the deal with Julio. You know what I mean? So we're going to have to see what happens. The King is back. That's it. The best receiver on the planet's back. Yeah, Louis, and we can't wrap up the week without talking about the Colts. I had to save the best for last for you. And it was a really shaky first half, Lou. But that Colts defense, that number one defense, came and shut Joe Burrow down and held Cincinnati to, what was it, three or six second half points? That That's just the Colts doing their thing. But I definitely would have liked, to see the Colts have more success running the ball. Yeah, definitely. I'm just glad they ended up being able to throw it. Without Darius Leonard, I think it's tough to stop the run. And uh, thank God Joe Mixon got hurt. Like, I don't wish injury upon anybody, but that was huge for the Colts. Good to see Rivers actually sling it downfield, make some big passes. Marcus Johnson showed up. Zachary Pascal had a great catch in the end zone. Still need to get better and improve. And they play down to their competition. I'm, I'm just glad they came back from a 21-point deficit because last year with Brissett, it would have been in the books already. It would have been dead. Now this team has fight. It has grit. And say what you want about Phillip Rivers, but he, he's not a guy who's going to just go down like that and not give his all to come back. This is going to be my last thing I say on this episode. And since I pride myself on being an unbiased Patriots fan, I'm going to tip my cap to the New York Giants and the Colts because they both had good wins this week that they willed and muscled out which the New England Patriots could not do. So tip my caps to the Giants and the Colts. They deserve their wins. I wish the Pats could have muscled it out like them, but it is what it is. Cam for MVP anyway. Yes, sir, Kev. I take back that last boo just because I respect the statement. Fair enough. All right, good. (laughs) Thank you, my guy, Pierre, for the donation. We greatly appreciate you. I saw you today, and you reminded me. Thank you very much, bud. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And guys, just have to remind you, you leave a donation to Cincy Sandbox, you guys get your shout-outs too. Um, but that's going to wrap things up. We're going to put week six in the grave, just like we said with Cam Newton for MVP. But guys, we got a lot coming out this week. We have our NFL real trade scenarios. You guys definitely going to want to hear some names on the move. We have our fantasy rankings, our games of the week. You know we're coming with you with an article. You know Kev's giving you that throwback fantasy player. Got to stay caught up. But that wraps things up. Five stars, guys, always.